I'm Zach Dunlap, pastor of Multisite at Birmingham and Berkeley First. Welcome to Church Folks, the new podcast where we interview folks from our church community about who they are and what God is doing in their lives. Throughout the Bible, people are encouraged to bear witness to what they have seen and heard. Continuing in that tradition, this podcast offers a forum for people to get to know one another and be inspired. Our hope is that the stories of these church folks empower you to share your stories, to inspire others, and to be a part of beloved community together. I'm here today with Barb Glick. Barb, what do you love? God, my husband, and my family. How long have you and your husband been married? We just celebrated 49 years in March. So coming up on 50 and it just doesn't seem possible. <laughs> That's awesome. And both of your parents are still with us too, correct? How long My have they been married? My parents are, yes. My parents uh, were just married 73 years. That is amazing. What, what, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily a believer that there are any secrets. I don't know that there's a secret to a, a long and, and loving and faithful marriage. Um, but, but what advice would you give to uh, couples who have been married, you know, say five years, 10 years? I would say pray, <laughs> praying about your marriage and praying about your family. And, you know, when things get hard, pray about them, pray about what, how God wants you to react I love that you said when things get hard, not if things get hard, right? When have you felt closest to God? And conversely, when have you felt furthest from God in your life? Furthest probably when things get really good and you're kind of just traveling along and everything's fine and you don't feel like you need to reach out to him. I guess over the years I've really tried tried to stay close, but I know in the times that are hard, you're drawn more, I am drawn more to him and to search for answers and that. Can you share a time with our listeners when you really sensed God stretching you or transforming you? Um, probably when we were, not too long after we were married, we were probably married about two years and we bought a house and we had our first baby and then my husband's company went on half salary and I had just quit working. So we went from two salaries to a half salary with a house and a baby. Wow. <laughs> um, times were really, really tough. And it was back in, that was back in the early seventies when uh, the economy wasn't so great either. And that's why they went to half, half, <laughs> half salary. But I prayed one morning in church, uh, Lord, what are we going to do? We didn't, we could barely pay our house payment and eat. I mean, we, things were really tough. And they announced that they needed a secretary in the church office. And I looked at Dale and I said, well, that might be our answer. I applied for the job and I got the job and I worked in the church office for two years and they helped me find a babysitter. And I worked there for two years until I had my next child. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. And I just felt like God showed his love to me in that, that uh, he helped us through that really, really difficult time. 
What a wonderful story about answered prayer. It, it was almost immediate because I was sitting in the pew praying. Wow. <laughs> Barb, you raised your family at Birmingham first and decided to be a part of the launch team when Birmingham went multi-site and planted Berkeley first. What helped you make that decision to step out out of your comfort zone and help start something new? All I can say is it was God, because if someone had said that to me six months earlier before Berkeley was started, I would have said, there's no way I'd leave <laughs> Birmingham. I mean, we've, we've been there since 1974 and God just put it on my heart that this is what we needed to do. And I just, the more Dale and I talked about it, he started feeling the same way and just felt like, you know, we, we need to do this. So here we are five years later. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's a thing of beauty. Part of what I love so much about being a part of Birmingham and Berkeley first is we are one church in multiple locations. And I feel like in some ways we get to be a part of the best of both worlds. You yes. know, you've, you've certainly built new connections here, but yes. you still have um, the wonderful friendships and everything yes. at Birmingham too. I still attend the women's Bible study at, at Birmingham, which is uh, it's in its 25th or 26th year. I've lost track, but I've been in there for 25 years uh, since it started. And um, that has been um, just an enormous comfort and help to my life. Learning, learning the Bible has been awesome. And the friendships and the fellowship are wonderful. For someone who's maybe never even cracked open a Bible before, um, and they're listening to this, uh, how would you suggest that they start? Where would you suggest that they start? I guess the first step would be to pray to God and ask them how they want it, would want them to, to start and ask people that you know, that maybe study the Bible and ask them what they think and have uh, what suggestions they would have, or do they know of a group or call the church office? I know we have a, a lot of groups in the church to study the Bible and um, you know, that would be a way or, or ask your friends, see if they at, you know, your church friends and see if they know uh, or are, are in a study group that they like. So much of our Christian walk is about relational connection, our, our relational connection with God and the relationships that we share with one another. In what you're sharing, and, and this is no surprise to me, Barb, because I know you, um, in, in almost every response you've had so far, you've talked about the power of prayer in one way or another. And um, I've always known you to be to be a person of prayer um, and and deep, meaningful, profound prayer. Um, you are, uh, you help head up the Berkeley first prayer group. And when we were first launching the Berkeley campus, um, that was really one of the first things we got going because any great movement of God begins with prayer. Yes. Yes. And God continues to act in response to believing prayer. Um, Share with us, if you would, what what your own prayer life looks like, um, uh, you know, on a day or a given week or whatever. What what does the practice of prayer look like in your life, Barb? Well, I I, I don't have a prayer room or 
anything like the, anything specific that I do. It sounds kind of weird, but I kind of pull the covers over my head in the morning and I pray for about a half an hour. And that's, that's my starting out the day with God. So before you even put your feet on the ground, you are starting the day in prayer. Yes. You know, I, I, I've not asked you that question personally before. I didn't know what you would say, but, um, I actually do a somewhat similar thing. And sometimes it's really short. Sometimes it's literally just God, before I put my feet on the ground, I give this day to you. Yeah. Use it and me as you see fit. And then I'm off and running. Right. Um, other times it's, it's more substantial or I'll start praying and then doze back asleep and wake back up 15 minutes later. <laughs> and I, I, I highly doubt that God is offended by falling asleep in the midst of prayer. No, I don't think so. Can you share, you've shared a little bit already, but can you share of another time or two um, when prayer made a powerful and obvious impact either in your life or in the lives of others around you? I had another point when we were first married. We both came from Cleveland and Dale came up here to work at a company up here when we first knew each other. And so we pretty, pretty much had a long distance uh, relationship um, until, you know, we got engaged and he, I moved up here when we got married. And the longer we were up here, he changed jobs. And I really wanted, when he changed jobs, I really wanted to go back home to Cleveland since we both were from Cleveland. I guess that wasn't in God's plan, but I wasn't happy about God's plan. <laughs> I think I had started going to a small group at the church by this point and um, was learning about prayer. And so I started praying, God, if this is where you want us to be, take this longing in my heart to go back home, take it away. And it didn't go away right away, but it did within, oh, I would say six to nine months. That, that longing left and I was happy. I was happy to be here and I wasn't always thinking, I wish we could, you know, move back to Cleveland or I want to be, live near my parents or, you know, my, my sister or, you know, whatever. Um, it, it, God just took that away. And that was just such a blessing because I didn't then resent being here. I enjoyed it. I think that's a powerful example of how sometimes, uh, maybe oftentimes prayer is not about trying to get God to do what we want, but shaping us to do what God wants. It's not about trying to convince God yes. um, necessarily, but, but that we ourselves are transformed through the process of prayer. Mm -hmm. Do you think, Barb, that prayer actually has the power to alter circumstances? Most definitely. It might not be in the way that you think it should be answered, but a lot of times if you look back and go, whoa, that was answered in such a better way than I could have Mm. thought it should be answered or in difficult things that happen. And then you look back and think, oh, well, if that hadn't happened, then this wouldn't good thing wouldn't have happened or this good thing wouldn't have happened. God takes care of us. Absolutely. God is intimately involved in each of our lives. And uh, some of the people listening, I'm sure have been through some pretty awful things in life. Um, I don't believe God causes horrible things to happen, but even in the midst of those awful situations, God is present. 
God is pouring out his love and God is still working for the good. I mean, if God can bring good out of something as horrible as the gruesome death of his son, I'm pretty sure that God can bring good out of almost anything. Yeah. Yeah. If people are listening right now and um, maybe they have been praying, maybe they've been praying for a long time and, uh, you know, praying for healing, praying for a child or a grandchild who's going through some difficulty, praying for, um, you know, something maybe even at a national or global level and they're on the verge of giving up. They feel like, oh, this is just not worth it. Um, What would you say to them? I think I would say that I know that it's hard. Uh, not that I know that it's hard, but I think you just have to keep trusting and asking God to show you the little blessings along the way that can can lift you up and get you through. I had a Bible teacher once tell me that it's like we see everything from the bottom of a mountain and we can only see so far but God sees from the top of the mountain and he's, he's looking down and he sees everything that's happening. And we don't know why things happen like they do, but good things come out of it that you wouldn't have expected. I've had times in my family when I was younger, um, way before I was married, I was about 12 or 13. We had three members of our family all die in the same year. We had my, my mother's mother, her father, and um, her uncle, and it touched everyone in our whole family. I mean, I wasn't really old enough to totally understand it, but as I, as I look back and remember how they all pulled together, especially that first Christmas, they really tried really hard to be together and, and be together and have fun, even though it was a difficult year. And I think I've always remembered that. Um, it really stuck with me that even though things are hard, they wanted things to be good for the children. They didn't want everybody, you know, just mourning and that. If people are listening right now and they maybe don't know how to pray, maybe they've never prayed before and that's a foreign concept in their world. What advice would you give them? What elements of prayer are important? Is there a, a particular like methodology that someone needs to go through or is it a lot simpler than that? I think it's simpler than that. I, I think, I think if you start out just thanking him and praising him throughout the day for seeing a little flower that came up that you didn't expect it to. Um, I just found a pansy in my garden that just appeared and it was just such a joy and I couldn't help but say, thank you for sending that to me. You know, it just was Wonderful. But just thanking him and praising him and then sharing, you know, just talking to him and sharing how you're feeling and just asking for guidance for your day, for your life. Is there any type of prayer that you think God doesn't hear or doesn't answer? No, I think he hears all of our prayers. And so if God hears all of our prayers, then no prayer is ever wasted. Right. Right. And prayer in addition to transforming us, in addition to having the power to alter circumstances, I think, and I'm curious if this is your experience too, Barb, I think that through prayer, we cultivate an awareness of God's presence. That by by talking with God, 
not just in a church sanctuary or not just at a particular time of day or not just at some sort of, you know, set thing, but, but like you said, picking up a flower and thanking God for it right then and there, or, um, just meeting God and sharing our joys and our requests and our concerns and our heartbreaks and throughout the day that, that we cultivate an awareness of God's constant presence with us. Yes. How can we do that more? How can we become more aware of God's presence? I think it kind of has to be a conscious thing to consciously think about where you are. And I find myself occasionally, you know, like I get in the shower and thank you, Lord, for hot water or on a snowy day. Thank you for this warm house. And I thank him every day for my children and my, all of our family and, and that always. But there's other, you know, I, I have a very large vegetable garden that's all fenced in and I have a chair there. And I love to sit there and just think about God's creation. It's just so amazing. Like with the little pansy or, or any other type of growing thing that God put on this earth. Uh, he just blessed us with so many different varieties. And, and I think the more I garden, the more I realize, wow, it's, it's just so amazing seeing a seed go from putting it in the ground and it's dry and it's dead. And all of a sudden you put water on it and, and it's rising up and sticking its little head up. And it's like, it's wow. <laughs> in what other ways has tending to a garden given you wisdom into tending to your life? I think it makes me slow down. I can work in my garden and just be there. It's just, I, I, I can forget about everything else and that might be bothering me or worrying me. And I can just be there with God. And I think of my great grandfather's favorite song was, um, I walk in the garden alone and in, while the dew is still on the roses and the joy we share as we um, tarry there, the son of God exposes, um, uh, that just is a favorite hymn of mine. And I think of my great-grandfather and uh, they had a lot of gardens and, and cherry trees and things. And I'm sure that's why his, that was his favorite hymn. Cultivating awareness of God's presence, finding that space to, to meet God, to be with God, to tend to the plants and yet allow God to tend to our hearts in the meantime. Barb, is there anything that we haven't touched on today that you'd like to uh, share with our listeners? When we talked about talking today, um, I didn't know what direction you were going to go. So I've been thinking about all of the small groups that I have been in since we joined this church. Yeah. And I think that has been one joy is to be, have met so many different people through all of the, either whether it's a committee or whether it's teaching Sunday school or, or um, being in United Methodist Women or working for the rummage sale or um, attending the Bible study or being in a small women's group. Um, I was in a women's group for young moms for a really long time, and that was so helpful to be with other moms that were going through the same thing I was and, and, and to trust, you know, God and to 
be led and know that you're not alone and everybody goes through this and children are terrible when they're two and, <laughs> and you can get through it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, just all this many small groups that we've been in and now the groups that we've been here in Berkeley and, and that, um, just have enriched our life so much. Um, it just is wonderful. That's tremendous. I think there's a lot of people right now who are feeling alone and maybe they wouldn't even use that language, but who consciously or subconsciously are longing for community and there's community out there. There's community to be found where you can be known and be loved and, uh, be together. Um, if you're looking for a small group or, or thinking about giving that a try, um, you can find more about any of our groups at um, fumcbirmingham.org or at berkeleyfirst.org. We also do at the Berkeley campus have a prayer time um, that is the first Sunday of each month at 1120. And all are welcome. We've been meeting on Zoom during the pandemic. Eventually, we'll probably shift to meeting back in person. But all are welcome at that time of prayer. And on our websites, there's also a place where you can submit a prayer request. If you're going through a tough time right now, or you'd like to lift up prayer for someone else, um, or maybe you just have a joy, a celebration that you'd like to share, um, you can submit those on our websites. And we would love nothing more than to join with you in prayer. Barb, I wondered if you might wrap up this episode by offering a prayer for our listeners and for our life as church together. Sure. Father God, we praise you and thank you for this day, for this time together that we can share, share our thoughts about you, um, share how you love us and are always there for us. We pray for those that are listening, that if they are um, having a difficult time or feel lonely, that you would show them ways to reach out, show them who to reach out to, uh, give them comfort, <clears throat> show them that you are always there to talk to also. We thank you for this church and for all that is meant to all the families that belong. We pray that you would help us to expand the church to other people. Help us to always be mindful of sharing our love for you with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Barb, it's a joy to be the church with you. Thanks for sharing with us today. That concludes this episode of Church Folks. Remember, the church has nothing to do with brick, mortar, or carpet. It's the people, the body of Christ from all over the world. This is just one of their stories. You can find out more about Birmingham and Berkeley First on our websites, fumcbirmingham.org and berkeleyfirst.org. 
whether it's through our church or some other church, we hope you take the time to be a part of beloved community, grow in your faith, and share your stories. Peace. Peace.